Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. Welcome to a super special episode of the Women in Data podcast. We are celebrating our 100th episode, and this is just incredible. Just before we talk about today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that from Friday 26 and that's until the 4th of February. So Friday 26th of January to the 4th of February, we have a LinkedIn competition happening. So head to my LinkedIn or Cecilia's LinkedIn to for a chance to win a ticket to the Women in Data flagship event. And I guess for that, you're definitely going to be needing to be in the UK on that day. And that will be on 7th of, of March. So um, if you're in the UK at that date, then head to our LinkedIn and enter the competition. Because today is special, I am joined by Cecilia, obviously. Hello. <laughs> hey, Cecilia. But also I have two very special guests with me and it took a bit of um, convincing to have them on, but I am so pleased that for the first time, we have the two longest standing of the editing team on the podcast, and I couldn't be happier to have Lara Harris and Alex Smith to be joining us today. Hello. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Nice to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cecilia, do you want to talk about the episode we are recording? Yes. So this is a really special episode. Uh, so we chose one of the listeners' favorite topics, and which is navigating a career in data. So we just found the best tips that were shared on the podcast, and we wrapped them really nicely here in one little podcast. Um, and we will cover various key moments of uh, anyone's career. So when you're looking for a new role or you're trying to figure out what you want to do or starting a new job or more importantly, bouncing back after being let go. So Karen, do you want to start with that? Yeah, I I feel like all the moments you've described, I have gone through them and I know the oh, pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we basically all, well, Maybe we haven't all been let go, but uh, I'm laughing. It was not fun at the time, but this is something that's um, not great, but we have to go through it at some point. Um, yeah, it creates yeah. opportunity. Uh, definitely. Um, so I guess the first thing we're going to be covering is preparing your next step. And so that's what you talked about, Cecilia, it's, everything that is from figuring out what it is that you want to do. And I know I've been there, struggled with it. Um, and then there is also the uh, the woman looking for a new job, etc. cetera. Uh, so there are two guests that spoke about this topic on the podcast and both came from slightly different angles. So we had Diana Okano, who 
is a managing consultant at Capgemini Events, and she came on the episode 73, which was how to figure out your next step. And Diana's episode was all about providing advice to someone who wants to change job, but is unsure of what to do next. So I think we spend a lot of time, well, it's not that we spend a lot of time, but very often what we do is we jump from one role to another because we're like, oh, tired of this role. I want to do something else. I'm not growing. I want more money. And we're just taking the next obvious step without giving it too much thought. So what Diana was saying is that she had spent quite some time in an unfulfilling role and she wanted her next role to be quite special and not to find herself in the same situation six months after. That's what she came to talk about on the podcast and how she discovered what her next step should be. I think sometimes you can find yourself just jumping to your next role because maybe nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10, they're going to offer like a much better salary, Mm. similar role, you know, you can do it. It's not much of a challenge. So it's just easy to say, okay, yes. Okay. I'm not happy where I am. I'm going to go and jump and do this role. But I was just like, I don't want to jump and do a role. And then in the next six months, be in the same position again. I listened to an episode. It was episode 62, Future Proof in Your Career. Um, that was a conversation that Karen had with Sophie Duffy and she was the head, the group head of data analytics at Kingfisher. And she was a leader who had shifted her career to work in digital analytics, but it was an area that was new to her. She had to lead teams in an area that was not her background. Um, And she gave some great tips for anyone wanting to advance their career and really the standout element of that I think was about being proactive in your career decisions even when you have to move into an area that's not something that's that your background is exactly aligned with that. So Karen what was your first tip that you got from listening to that conversation with Diana? I mean I remember recording the conversation with Diana and thinking oh my god I need to write everything down and do it again (laughs) and I think one of the best tips she she shared is something that I had actually gone through in the past and that made a massive difference in my career. And that is to know and understand your strengths. So I feel like earlier in my career, I was focusing a lot on the weaknesses and the development points. Um, and that meant that I was never feeling like I was good enough or I was ever satisfied. And I'm not saying we should not learn and develop. I mean, everyone who's been an avid listener of the podcast knows that this is what I preach. But definitely, you know, understanding your strengths, where you add value has made uh, an incredible difference in my career. And that was one of the best tips that Diana shared on the episode. Um, What about you, Lara? What did you find interesting? I think for me, the real point that jumped out at me was about being curious and really being led by what is of interest to you but also a growing area in your field so that doesn't just happen by accident that means you have to already have that awareness be on the lookout for what's happening in your field what are the growth areas what are other people doing what's emerging but maybe not really obviously the next big thing at the moment Um, and then I think that's a real skill to find out where those areas after you've identified them overlap with what you're interested in and what you're drawn to and then letting that guide you in your I suppose journey to to figure out what to invest your time in and and development because it it does take up a lot of time to um to to 
to develop your skills sort of formally but also informally and that was something else in that episode was that it is a big investment in your time to have these conversations with people these curious conversations having a coffee just not even a formal discussion but just saying oh can I find out a bit more about what you do that seems like an interesting area of the business that I don't necessarily know that much about and and sort of building your experience and knowledge of those new areas and then figuring out if that seems like something that you want to do and pursuing it in that way um yeah. and I, th- I think reaching out to people as well that you or being a little bit brave and maybe you know you don't have to have an excuse to contact them or but just say I'm interested and that's a good enough excuse and I think that whole sort of proactive approach just really impressed me of having the foresight to do that because you know, it's very easy to arrange a meeting with somebody when it's like, oh, I have a particular reason to meet with them. But to do that just because you think one day this might help, sort of this is like another brick in the, on, or on that path to, to my new sort of direction and, and, and growth, I think that was really uh, impressive. Yeah, I think it, this is definitely an area of networking that is not used enough. So people tend to think about their, ne- their network as a, I need a job now, so let me reach out. But proactively reaching out a year, two years ahead, and then building these relationships, having the contacts is quite interesting. And I know that Squiggly Carriers on the podcast, they call on their podcast, they call that Carriers Carrier Conversations, um, which I love. It's just talking to random, but not so random people about what it is that they're doing um, and then understanding what, what that is. And as you said, Sophie is taking a long-term approach to, to this career planning. Uh, and that means that, you know, you don't have this pressure of, I need to find that job now. And that makes it so much fast, so much easier to uh, to address. I think another tip I got from, from this episode was that before you make, and it's still around, I guess, the curious career conversation, but before you make any big decisions, do some research and learn more, especially from the people working in the area. So this one was from Diana, but very aligned with um, what Sophie was, was saying, because otherwise you would just jump somewhere and not know about it. And I think we've all known that. I, I don't know about you, but there are a couple of times in my career when I, I took a job without asking people around <laughs> what it looked like to work in this organization yeah. <laughs> no, or what the job was really about on a day-to-day and hated it. Yeah, I mean, I've had that experience and thankfully it paid off because it was kind of what I thought it was, but I definitely have gone into those situations without a full awareness. But I think... I feel like I'd worked quite hard to at least understand the subject area and what that work might be like. And I do know people who've made that leap and, yeah, it hasn't worked out very well for them. So I think I really like that idea of doing as much as you can in the position that you're already in. And I I think we heard that in in the episode where you can speak to people and just gain that, that first-hand experience, learn from them. And at some point you do have to make that leap, but at least you should be a little bit better informed and feeling a little bit more confident about doing that. So thinking about how to have those types of conversations with people and how to really role model breadth in career as well as just in staying in one kind of linear field. 
and working with people to understand their interests and how they might learn more about other areas before they decide to maybe move into that field. So shadowing, mentoring, buddies, all that type of stuff, you know, just going for coffees with people to learn about their job. I mean, I really enjoy that sort yeah. of thing. It is time consuming, like you said before, <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> Cecilia, what did you listen to? Well, I had a really interesting episode and I think I think it, I think we need to go back to and re-listen to old episodes because I had obviously already listened to it when it came out, but I was just like, oh yeah, of course. Oh, I already do that. Oh, I forgot to do this. Let me do let me apply this to my to my <laughs> role at the moment. Um so I thought it was really, really interesting. So we had Another aspect to take into consideration when navigating your career in how we're going to establish ourselves in a new role, uh, which was episode 64 with Niha Wadman. Uh, she's now actually VP of Credit Risk at JP Morgan, but at that time she was working for Amex. I think this was a really good episode. I mean, in the last... Yeah, I mean, this is going to sound really bad, but I changed jobs twice. And I have to say that going back to that episode has been very useful. So anyone who is starting a new job, I highly recommend that you give it a listen. I think it's really important. I mean, the first tip that really came to my mind when I was reading, uh, when I was listening to it again, was working with your manager to identify what your focus should be for the first three months. And I'm actually, I never actually thought about this, but it's, it's obvious. Um, however, sometimes I think your manager don't necessarily sit down with you and will give you all of that information, which is fully necessary. So at least you have some kind of direction in the first three months. So, I know I've been in my position for a while, but I do have to make a point of sitting down with my uh, with my manager and going right. What is our team's priority, our our company's priority for the first for the next three to six months, so that we can go through it and adjust what I'm doing. So in the first week when I had my one-on-one with my functional leader, I prepared well for that connect. So I remember putting down a few, few questions to ask him. And the most important question I asked him that was, what does he want me to focus on? Now, the other, um, the other tip that she shared, I think it's something that I'm actually already applying, but I think I started applying after I, I listened to this episode, which is... <laughs> understanding the priorities of the key stakeholders and how you can collaborate with them. Because people are busy. People don't have time. So they need to make time for you. So if they're going to make time for you, you need to make sure that you set your intentions. You make sure that they know what uh, what you're looking for when you're starting a meeting. So setting the agenda, the talking points, as well as an end goal, where this is going to go, what's the point of this? This is, I find, really important because I have so many meetings where people schedule it with me and they don't, just don't know what they want. And it can be frustrating also at times. I think we learned that with Wendy Lynch as well. At I point. think we did too. I mean, that it's the course that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other, the third, if I can put like top three. So the third one would be, the third top tip would be to seek and provide and have some kind of 
constructive feedback session? Do it, I don't know. Um, I guess it depends also how your team is working, but maybe every month, every three months, it depends on how big your team is and uh, how busy or not your manager is. But I think it's really important. But I also think they should, it, you know, it's a two-way street. It, it needs to be from both sides. Everyone should learn from this. And I think the most important sentence she said throughout the whole episode will be, learning should never stop. And I think that is every day, it, sh it should be everyone's motto every day. Now, Alex, you've been a bit quiet, but I know that you've also listened to a really interesting episode. Um, I do remember this one vividly when it came out. Do you want to share with us what um, what was the episode you, you heard? Sure. So I had a slightly less fun topic, um, <laughs> redundancy, what some might call uh, being laid off. This was episode 71 uh, with Karen and, and Lizzie Harris. Um, so Lizzie had recently been let go from, from Gymshark, uh, and it was an experience. I know, Karen, you've been through yourself uh, not mm -hmm. too long ago with with Cardlytics, and, and both of you had uh, similar stories, so the dreaded group meeting, uh, an email with a kind of ambiguous title, and, and you're being told that you're being let go or that your department is being is being downsized, outsourced, you know, etc. Um, so I thought there's some pretty interesting points that came up. Um, you mentioned earlier about the network, and I know, Karen, you discussed in the episode how important it is to to leverage the, the contacts that you meet through organizations like, like Women in Data um, because you have kind of contacts across many, many organizations. So if you are faced with the prospect of a voluntary, certainly redundancy, um, you have an idea of what the job market is like, you know, who might be hiring in, in what positions. Um, so I think you can never underestimate the power of having, having that network. Yeah, I think when I was going through this, what, what you just said, Alexis, I mean, I'm going back to thinking about this moment. It was such a stressful time. But I, I remember when I got off this meeting, right, they were saying people are going to be made redundant. Uh, the first thing I did was calling women in data and ask, what's the market like? Uh, if I if I'm being made redundant, am I going to find a job? And just being able to have this conversation and then talking with different women was already such a relief. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Networking, definitely do not underestimate it. Yeah, and, and people you meet along the way um, can offer support, maybe mm -hmm. opportunities if you're lucky, or, or just a shoulder to cry on because you'll meet people that have been in the same situation. You know, what what did they do and how did they how did they bounce back? So, yeah, the organisation I think is a, is a bit of a superpower for when that kind of thing does happen. Yeah. One thing that struck me from the episode as well, I did find it quite surprising um, that people that that work in data are being made redundant or laid off as frequently as, as they are perhaps naively when i was at university i was being told you know data is the new oil we should expect kind of nothing less than eternal exponential growth in in the data space um so it was a surprise to me at least a few years ago when you're reading in the news these big tech companies they're laying people off your microsoft's your, your google's uh your twitter's which is a bit of a other stuff going on there um But, you know, all related to the pandemic, companies are overhiring, change freezes, hire freezes, which means that, you know, some of the HR personnel that are, whose job it is to recruit 
uh, it all has an impact on them as well. So I found that quite surprising in what we think is going to be a growing industry that actually, you know, things aren't always so rosy all the time. Yeah. And what were the, the top tips you got from the episode, Alex? Definitely using the, the network. So always have a network of people and don't be afraid to ask those questions if, if the time comes. Um, a, a big piece of advice, actually, that, that really spoke out to me was to, to keep your or the importance of keeping an up to date CV. Um, so for, for a number of reasons, to be honest, I mean, I myself have been caught out um, when I wanted to apply for a job and my CV was was wildly out of date. I think my most recent experience as I had my CV then was when I was like 17 and something <laughs> I wanted to apply to was closing that day. So I had to uh, update my CV in about six hours and I was up until, up until midnight so I could apply to it. Um, yeah, not, <laughs> not my finest hour, but just I think it's important to make your CV uh, a, a living document that kind of that grows with you. Always have your most relevant experience, most recent qualifications documented there. Um, so try and make it a habit to keep your CV as up to date as possible. I've certainly <laughs> learned the importance of doing that. Don't want to get caught out again, but yeah, keep an up to date CV as well. Yeah, I think if you, also if you don't do that, imagine when you have to go back thinking about what it is that you did between 17 and, and now. How do you actually remember these achievements? <laughs> I don't think I would. I think another. <laughs> No, no, no. Even what I did last year, I don't remember. So imagine. <laughs> I think uh, something that Lizzie said that really stuck with me was that it's okay to feel sad and angry in these kind of situations. And I think that's something that we don't actually make enough space for. There's so many books and podcasts you can listen to about this experience where it's all about the opportunities and being resilient and what you do. But on the other hand, you can just deal with that later. And <laughs> for a while, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be angry. I think anger was the main theme for a while, actually, in our team. I 100% agree. We do give it a large portion of our lives to to these employers and these companies. And, and when that loyalty isn't matched, it, it hurts. Um, you know, we're, we're all social creatures and, and rejection is quite a painful thing to deal with. Um, So, you know, especially I know Lizzie mentioned people had, had moved to another city, maybe another country even for, for a job. And, and when that loyalty isn't, you know, matched or requited, it's pretty upsetting. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, I would like to thank Karen and Lizzie, I think, for having that conversation so openly, though, because I think that was almost a little bit shocking to me at the time that they were being so open and honest about what was obviously a really difficult experience that a lot of people wouldn't want to talk so publicly about um so i i expect that episode will have helped a lot of people who maybe were in that kind of situation but would feel too embarrassed or you know nervous about talking it out about it yeah and that's one of the episodes that people listen to the most actually uh which i mean i'm pleased about it because Both me and Lizzie, we shared that. And I love having Lizzie on the podcast, but it's also very sad that so many people resonated with that episode. The way you recounted uh, your story, Karen, of visiting a well-known UK supermarket shortly after finding out the news, um, I felt like I was in there with you. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dramatic. <laughs> I am not taking calls at the supermarket ever again. <laughs> 
probably a good idea. Yes, but Alara is right. It was, it, it is a kind of a taboo subject, but at the same time, we all gone through it. There's nobody in this room here who hasn't, and I think it is necessary to talk about it. But one of the things that really struck me in this conversation was how useful and important it is to have your network because we are right now in an AI world where everything is automated and you know there's a screening machine that if your cv is looking in a different way than everything else it's just going to be dished to the side and you're never going to look at it so if you would if you don't have a network that can try and help you put your cv perhaps a little bit on top of the of the pile it's it's it is helpful it does it does help really you do have to reach out to your friends and and people you know in the industry and it does work this is very true. Um, do not do that. I was going to say, it's definitely true. You are more likely to have your CV reviewed if it was passed by by someone. Now, that said, do not just randomly send your CV to someone being like, hey, I want to apply for this job. Here is my CV. I've had people doing this to me and, and I find it outrageous. So do build a network. And I feel like networking has been a theme throughout this episode. We did not meant for it but I don't think there is one of us who did not talk about that so maybe we have to record a proper episode on networking again I know we've done it before with um, Jennifer Agnes but it was from a slightly different perspective so let's do that Mm -hmm. Um, I mean thank you so much for for joining all of the three of you on the podcast I had loads of fun recording with you it's been Long overdue. I think you've been with the podcast for, what, more than two years now? Yeah, thanks, Karen. I think it was, uh, yeah, it's probably about two years now when I remember um, binge listening to all the episodes. And now there's a lot more episodes, unless I was going to say. Yeah, I'm not quite sure when this comes out, how many episodes there will be. But um, anybody that hasn't gone and listened back to them, I do highly recommend that. Just, uh, you know, putting it on. 1.5 1.5 speed and, and there's a lot of a lot of great tips a lot of great conversations in there and hopefully there'll be a lot a lot more to come in future as well yeah likewise i think it's been two and a half nearly two and a half years now so Ooh. always fun to be involved gives me something to do <laughs> editing the episodes so yeah love it. alex is playing the tenure card i have to say <laughs> that <laughs> You know, everyone is talking about being an ally to women who work in data, women who work in technology, and I have not met anyone as dedicated to the cause as Alex. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just feel so privileged to be able to work with you, Alex, on, on the podcast. It's just incredible what you do with us. It's a good thing it's not a video recording because you're making me blush now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining uh, in the celebration. Celebrations are continuing on LinkedIn and I believe on Instagram maybe as well, on the Women in Data's Instagram, but definitely on our LinkedIn as well. Um, Cecilia, do you want to say something? So I just want to invite everyone listening to this podcast to go back to those episodes we were talking about because they are really, really good. I learned stuff again. So we uh, we listened to episode 73 on how to figure out your next step, episode 62 on future-proofing your career, episode 64 on establishing yourself in a new role, and 
most importantly, apparently, <laughs> episode 71 on redundancy and job hunting experiences. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thanks all. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.